It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. moment, 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 moment. Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome back to Miked Up, an unapologetic low country based podcast hosted by yours truly, Mika Gadsden. And this episode will feature an interview with my friend, my fellow organizer, my girl, Lexi Coburn. All right, now this is an explicit episode, so if you got the kiddos around, earmuffs. <laughs> um, otherwise, you're going to enjoy a conversation between two friends, a very candid and open conversation um, where we talk about progressive values, organizing in the South. We take a look at last week with the infrastructure bill and the fight in Washington and all of that, right? We also look ahead to the midterms and why it's important to take a look at South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia, all right? So check out this interview. I hope you enjoy it. All right, see you next time. Hello, friend. It's so good to be with you again. So happy to be here. <laughs> okay, for those who don't know my friend, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, hey, y'all. My name is Lexi Coburn. Um, I am the National Radical Education Field Manager for the Working Families Party, um, WFP. Please get into it. Okay. That's a dope title, though. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. I don't think I've ever asked you the title. That's awesome. Yeah. National mm-hmm. Radical Education Field Manager, which is a very um, lovely way to say that I'm a trainer. And mm-hmm. um, I'm training on things like the Master's House and white supremacy and like the intersections of capitalism and patriarchy and the reasons why we are here, where we are right now, why we are so disenfranchised. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, Do- yeah, do me a favor, back up a little bit before WFP. What would what did your work what did your resume look like? Well, my resume looked like I was a um a, a democratic refugee stuck somewhere inside the party. <laughs> um <laughs> I was a organizer. I started with the Obama campaign in 2012, um, and then um transitioned to the Hillary Clinton campaign in 2016. Um still as an organizer. And then I joined kind of like the DC crowd in 2017, working for Invisible, uh, the national office as a regional organizer um, over six states, including the Carolinas, um, the Virginias, DC, Maryland, and Delaware. Um, went back home, as I like to say, because I'm from North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, went back home to work on Elizabeth, Warren camp- Elizabeth Warren's campaign as the state training director. And I was a training director for a year and a half um, for Elizabeth Warren, organized together and the Biden campaign here in North Carolina. And then I took um, an, un- an unauthorized break. <laughs> and then after that, I joined the Working Families Party. Yo, first of all, I'm exhausted. I literally took a swig of water. <laughs> and then, and then you know what, Lexi? I low-key forgot the Biden stint. I don't know how. I remember our, my nights on the balcony listening to you. Um, yeah, that quick yeah. Biden stint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you just, so basically, um, I don't know if you cuss, but this is a cuss-friendly podcast. I don't know if you cuss, but basically that resume means you're unfuckwittable. Okay. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna I give you your flowers, that. girl. I'm gonna give you your flowers, Neon. I do appreciate that. You know, there's so many 
people who have helped me along along the way to this. So it's not all me, but a good chunk of it is. Um, definitely dug through the the mess of the party and not finding my own identity with it and like having to build it up as a trainer and having to shift out of the organizing world because you can get stuck there over campaign and campaign and campaign. That's just a gig. It's a gig economy. I can't do that. Mm. So we, when I switched to training, it really opened up a whole new world for me. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I I don't think people understand like how uh, working and I'm I'm using air quotes and no one can see, but working in politics, I don't think people understand the many layers, the many different ways you can work in quote unquote politics, um, and and campaign work specifically. I mean, it it, it ain't it ain't for the it ain't for the meek at Ooh. all, and so it's it's kind of it's great, and I hope it helps clarify. Um, you know, for some, for some folks, I hope it clarifies what work could look like, but the, the training seems to be your wheelhouse. And, um, that's largely, that's, that's where I kind of met you anyway, um, with indivisible work in the Carolinas. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the last thing I'll say about, the, mm-hmm. um, about working in politics is that like, you know, if anyone's listening and like you have people knock on your door, don't be mean to them. They're not making a lot of money to do mm. um, things that support their family. And this is the things that we have to do you know, to yeah. vote out. So like, you know, it's things of that nature. Like there are real people. We are mm-hmm. real people who are doing this work because we're good at it and we care about it. So that's the, so people would engage with those people. The door knockers are the organizers, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And so you're, yeah. And I think, thank you so much for saying that. I think um, we've caught, we've got caught up in a lot of, uh, a lot of foolishness, um, you know, whether it be whether it be fueled by social media or just where we are uh, politically in this country. I think it is um, important to remember the humanity, the people, especially young people, young yeah. people trying to cut their teeth and learn the rope, so to speak. Um, thank you for saying that. That's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think you're, you're not just your resume, girl. It, I have the most res, utmost respect for you. Um, I'm here calling you girl. And no, but no, but no, as, as, as your friend and as someone who really believes in your work, um, I I'm always in awe of what you do and, and how much you do, uh, especially here in the South. And I think Lexi, your work, uh, where I met you and where you are right now and what you just ran through, um, you know, with with uh, your work experience, it really paints a different picture. I think people have a perception that this type of work does not exist in the South. Can you kind of help people understand what type of progressive either whether it be movement work, whether it be uh, through the work of, of organizations like Working Families, like, can you give people a better picture as to what's being done on the ground to help get this uh, to get the get the Southern states kind of moving in a more progressive direction. Absolutely. So, you know, and this is, you know, we, we talk about the South as a monolith and it really isn't not to say that you just did, but mm-hmm. often people think about it as a monolith. They think about it like Texas and Florida and like, those are two very extreme examples, but however, they're very um, succinct examples of what could happen in the South and what's not happening also in the South as well. What I mean by that is that there are places like the Southern part of Virginia, North Carolina, parts of South Carolina, parts of Tennessee, and definitely Georgia within itself. Um, Believe me, get me started on Mississippi. Um, And these are places where you have cities like Birmingham and Memphis and Nashville and Durham and um, Columbia who are just trying to make sure they're crawling out of the 
uh, how do I say this? They're crawling out of the, um, <laughs> like maybe like, like it's like this, this, like you said, a stereotype, this, um, yeah. I, I often refer to when I, when I was in my previous employer, I always referred to like the infrastructure in South Carolina is here. Like historically, we know that this type of, of progressive radical action existed. The infrastructure is frayed. And I feel like folks are either making or reconnecting with that history, that, that tradition, Mm -hmm. um, largely black led, largely black woman led in terms of the work. Um, I don't know if I didn't want to speak for you, but it feels as if people are trying to shake all of that baggage that comes with, Hey, you're just the South. It's going to be perpetually red. Um, you know, there is no outside of the civil rights movement. There, there are no victories politically to be won there. I don't know if that's what you were trying to say. I was just, that's exactly what I was trying to say. That's why we're very, very we are that's very right. close. Exactly I, I'm right there. If we were right eye to eye right now, we were eye to eye. I could look right in your eyes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And like on the subject of that baggage, these are people like me who are going into infrastructures and trying to re reliven them. And to say that, like, no, we don't have to just vote for the Republicans. We don't have to just not vote at all. We can actually get the candidates that are from our communities, people who we know, and people who actually care about not even just working families, but like the plight of the worker and making sure that we have the infrastructure so that our generations to come can actually do something with their lives in the South because the infrastructure to your point is here. But if you're talking about the actual physical infrastructure, it isn't. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. We can talk all day about the corridor of shame, but we can't talk about the corridor of shame in South Carolina without talking about how James Pyburn has been there for, Ooh. I don't know how many years. And you know what I mean? No, like, these no, the, yes. and so like And this is the perfect segue to talk about what our actual enemy is. The actual enemy are actually not Republicans. It's the neoliberal complex. I think, yeah, yeah I, I think, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just getting very enthusiastic because mm -hmm. this is my wheelhouse. Um, I um, We had a, a live stream of the mic'd up, uh, you know, on, on Twitch, the, the live stream. We talked about... Um, I tied, I entitled the, I guess, episode as a too blue to critique, like asking it as a question Ooh, yes. because, you know, and then on Friday, I believe I touched on how, you know, there are Democrats like Clyburn, right. Who we not throwing away civil rights icon. We get it. We understand. Right. We not throwing away the fish fry, right? but yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. not. No. But what we, but he's not above critique. And one thing I pointed out was that you don't get a Clyburn in office that long. You don't get that type of rigidity, that type of hyper tenure. You don't get that without certain deals being being made to yeah. make to, so that that one seat can stay in power and perhaps other seats not even become a possibility. Right. Exactly. Um, like the the second congressional uh, district. Shout out to Phil Dudley, who put me put me up on game. That's a, that was a very winnable district yeah. here in South Carolina um, that went for Obama twice, but then flipped back to Trump. Um but anyway, I'm just talking, I guess, more specifically about the landscape in South Carolina. But I'm glad that you you kind of reposition the argument so that help folks like reject that 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 tired reject that tired premise uh, of 
oh, Republicans are the ones. No, we got to get our Democratic shit together, right? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that Republicans are going to be there regardless. That's So right. that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. We, we should be talking about the fact that, like, you know, that's um the neoliberal complex is where the money is. Mm-hmm. The money yeah. isn't with the ground. The money, honestly, isn't with the people. And that's a problem. That's a that, that that's how the Clyburns get to exist. That's how you didn't know that the second grade congressional district was actually, yes, with mm-hmm. Obama twice. This is a mm-hmm. historically black district. Mm-hmm. That's nothing but voter disenfranchisement and mm-hmm. not being excited about who's running. And also not know how not having the money to have your message be broadcasted the way Joe Wilson could just do it in the blink of an eye. Right. This is what we're talking about. When we it's not even like, oh, people ask me to donate all the time. No, no, no. Those are going to those big national organizations who honestly don't need the money. Yeah, I said it. It absolutely needs to be going down to the candidates. Um, to Sister Keisha down the road, who's actually running for state senate. So, so what you say? To her. What you say? So when we get those emails from D Trip, like, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I ain't trying to throw shade, but right, no, 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 shade, but, no, 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 no shade. I'm just no. saying they they're making their core beliefs. I'm yes. just saying I was in that world and I saw it with my own, you know, two black guys' eyes. <laughs> we, we, the, the money is there. Don't don't mistake. Don't forget. And all of it gets put into the um, election cycle. Come um, the general election. Right. Don't be fooled. It no. needs to go directly to these candidates who don't have a lot of money. When you see a commercial that's just like, oh, she should fix her hair, maybe donate to her instead right. of the instead of the trip. They got money, they're fine. But anyway, I, I got you. No, no, no. I think I think just like when I talk about the nonprofit industrial complex, um, mm-hmm. I always say that, you know, um the, the, the big names take up a lot of space, they take up a lot of oxygen out of any room. And the same thing can be said in these political spaces or in, within these um this political context that it's the it's the quote unquote underdog that needs the infrastructure, that needs the support. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so many good candidates that just don't have the support to be seen. Um, especially like you said, um, you can't discount television, you can't dis- discount any type of media, uh, social media, radio, so on and so forth. Especially in the South, uh, yeah, terrestrial radio is still a thing. Um, but yeah, so after that, this makes me think about this past week. We. Uh, we've we've seen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real with you. I definitely have been engaged. I'm a person who reads uh, at least two newspapers a week. Um, two different. I'm saying two different newspapers. You know, Monday through Friday, maybe Monday through Sunday. <laughs> but but um, it's been exhausting. And so I tried to try to train my focus on some of the more effective communicators. For me, um, I. Speak pay particular attention to um uh miss jayapal who's been killing it in terms yeah. of messaging um spending a little bit less time on on nancy um a little less time on on joe mm-hmm. um and and really trying to understand what it is what is it that the progressive left is fighting for can you just kind of maybe share your thoughts on it, it could just be this past week it could be the 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 progressive left but just share your thoughts on what we just saw last week yeah, um, I this is one of this is probably going to be one of my favorite stories coming out of this <laughs> coming out of the political machine this year. Yeah. Um, progressives actually 
you know, I'm doing air quotes, but how to win. That's right. You know what I mean? And I I was not expecting this one. I have to say. The leverage, right? Them using the leverage, leverage. finally? Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. finally. Absolutely. And, you know, this this doesn't mean that Biden's an ally. Not at all. But Mm -hmm. what it does signal is that we can't be fighting like this. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, good. So now we use that power that the neoliberals and Nancy's and everything, they love to hold things up and they don't get their way. But now they got to use their own medicine. I want to know. And I want to, and I want to, like, see how that feels and what that looks like in this legislation trying to pass the um, infrastructure bill because that's what this is. Yeah. It's trying to really, it's trying to keep those pieces that are really integral to putting money directly into the ground, directly into people's wallets, not through mm-hmm. a tax break, not to not through things that people don't typically understand. We are mm-hmm. we are also trying to get over the hump of political lingo. Mm, the yes. infrastructure bill is just like um, much more money for HBCUs and also much more money for people like me to go back to college, which is yes. huge. Yes, that is, that is infrastructure and as policy. So you know, we the if the progressive left are fighting to keep those things in the bill because you see people like Cinema and Mansion who are just holding to the process because they can. Mm-hmm. So why mm-hmm. not us too? Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I think it is. I don't think people saw it as a win, but like uh, if, if, well, if people have been tuning into my live stream, they don't totally get that. Um, I've been dying for the progressives to use their leverage, the so-called squad, which, you know, you can debate whether or not it's still a squad or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's great to see them unify. And also you just mentioned a number of like specific, aspects of the whole human infrastructure um bill you know the parts the parts of it that's that's an investment into the people and communities um and that made me think about how the messaging has been kind of kind of uh, uh, yeah. uh and then mm-hmm. finally and like the money like i didn't know until the middle of last week that it wasn't just three it wasn't just this tri- this huge trillion dollar number it was like over 10 years this is what it is, and it's actually a lot less per year than what the you know the what the the opponents of it are saying. I don't know if you had any thoughts about the communication on or just in general, like how do people need to get this information? I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I I'll caveat this in saying that I have a lot of very close friends in the administration, but the messaging has been really bad. Right, and because the thing is, is that. We could either make the same mistake or do it better after earlier in 2021 when um, Georgia was voting for mm-hmm. their senators. Yes. And the message, the big message around that part was we're going to get another stimulus. It's going to be two grand, girl. Mm. And then it ended up being 14 and six. And people got really confused. That's why people can't listen. That's why people just tune it out. Mm, and I'm yeah. just like, we need to be better about messaging. I didn't know these things. Just like you didn't know these things because I didn't need to be all up in the building the entire time. But wow. I had a feeling that this field <laughs> was a lot better than what it was. Pete, was it, it was how it was appearing to be yeah. through having to post and things of that nature? Yeah, I kept on seeing that big number, but I was like, no, it was completely different. Yeah, and um, to this point, then that's also. But also the fight isn't on the ground. Let's mm. repivot. The fight isn't on the ground. People really do agree with the build and the infrastructure and everything. That's that's real. They that's want it. Real. It's popular. They want it. It's popular. Guess who doesn't want it? 
Mm. It's the senators. It's literally Congress. This is the time. And if you look at back in previous um, Democratic, um, if you look back in previous um, Democratic administrations in their first to first year or two, this is usually when the strife starts to happen. Obama only had 100 days and mm. he knew he had to pass everything because the 2010 coming in, the Republicans coming in was going to be like, no. And they were. They held out legislation for five years. Mm. Um, and that's just traumatic to even talk about. This could mm. absolutely happen without its administration. The midterms are going to be so important. Yeah, that's year. what I wanted to talk about next. But I wanted to just just button that up, what you just said. The messaging is so important. Um, I know that the progressives get bashed for sloganeering, but whatever. Um, and, <laughs> and I have like one more point. I have oh, one yeah. point on messaging oh, that I've also been noticing too. Oh. I've been noticing from like, you know, national DNC headquarters that meshing is coming out paint like still like mm. all a piece into that moderate white yes. liberal who yes. was really upset at January 6th didn't even know that it was going to happen at all was completely blindsided by it and they're still kind of like deep in that machine of like you know the GOP is the party of QAnon and like I just can't tell you how much it does not care I we don't mm. And we we know it's a real thing, but we also need us to be in line. This isn't the lane that we need to be in. We need to be in like, how can I help you and your family? Like, how can I make sure that I'm building investment through the policy that makes it easy for other candidates to come in and say, yes, this is my party. We should do it this way. Couldn't agree with you more. I, I'm happy that you added that on because you're right. I think a lot of the the emails I get, I don't even unsubscribe because I kind of want to see the tone. Um, even mm-hmm. though there there are a lot of emails um from Clyburn, yeah. from D Trip, DNC, all that. Um, but but you're right. I think the tone is off, and what it, it almost feels like a social media play. Like we'll just give you that red meat, that thing that's going to make you angry or scared, yeah. as opposed to why you should be in favor or why you should support, why you should be calling your elected officials, calling you know Lindsey Graham is in favor of the infrastructure, not 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 the progressive, not the today. reconciliation bill. Today but, is yeah today right. We know we we'll get we get girl. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we know how Lindsey be doing us. But my point is like. Okay, so you he's come down to the low country specifically. He's made tours and he's done all these things. Um, call him, tell him, look, I need you to keep this is bipartisan. Like you said, the fight is not is not you know, is not on the ground. It's already sold. People mm-hmm. want this. It's polling great. Um, both both parts of the bill is are polling great. Um, Absolutely. you know, we, we we can try to call Tim Scott. I'm sure, you know, that ain't you know, that might not. That might be a wasted effort. That might be futile, but but um, <laughs> but anyway. But you're right. You're right. Um, this is largely um accepted, especially in states like West Virginia. Joe Manchin is playing the shit out of his cons- oh cons- constituents. Because I feel so bad for West Virginians. I do too. They're going through it with COVID. They're going through it with everything. Yeah. Yeah, and then like you know, one of the biggest things about West Virginia that people, you know, elitist states like to talk hmm. about is opioids, and hmm. yet. There are pieces of the bill that directly talk about needle exchange and he doesn't care. Nope. nope. And he won't ever care. But Mm -hmm. also, this is talking about the machine. This is also how messaging also affects who we elect and who we think about um, voting for in in the elections. Joe Manchin is absolutely good. He's going to go for that center left 
when he runs. He can be as Republican as possible right now. He could be the last breathing dino in the Senate. <laughs> but right around, I'll give it about another six to nine months, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, the infrastructure bill was really cool after he didn't vote for it. Right, right. I want What I want to ask you, something that came up and um, don't, well, yeah, something that came up. I was watching. Um, I was watching Tiffany Cross's uh, show on MSNBC. Don't say nothing. Um, and so I was watching it, and there was one part. You know, she she always. I watch it because I do enjoy seeing black women have other black women on there. It's really important, Tiffany mm-hmm. Cross. It's just I I try not to watch too much MSNBC mm-hmm. as a rule. Um, but you know, she said something about like Joe Manchin. Like if you get rid of Joe Manchin, then we lose a seat. It's not going to be replaced by another Democrat. And and I just really want to get out that whole that politics of fear though. Like I get it, right? Um, yeah. I, I this whole thing. Well, if we lose that seat, then, well, if we don't, we don't have him now. So what's the difference if he's voting like a Republican now? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know what the difference is. I, I guess I wanted to say I wanted to kind of segue into, um, in a previous conversation you and you and I had off mic. We talked about other races. We talked about Warnock. Um, when it comes to the South, and I'm I'm gonna dub. North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, the tri-state area, just because yes. I want to. <laughs> um, but like, what do you see like in any of those states? What what do we need to be watching in terms of us continue to build power uh, in the South? Oh man, yeah, mm-hmm. these three, yeah, these three, these three states are actually going to like to to exactly to what you said. Mm-hmm. This is going to be almost battlegrounds. They won't ever make. They won't. They're not going to make South Carolina battleground. They just no. won't. Especially now that Jamie Harrison is too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Georgia and North Carolina are going to be battlegrounds because of voter engagement because of these candidates. Um, we're right now in a I want to say a four to five way primary for the Senate seat that Richard Burr is retiring off of. Um, and this is um, this is a very interesting race because we're having this we're having a we have two black women uh white one white man one black man running and the and and the machine is like all over the place <laughs> they're just trying to they're, i think they're throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks and honestly that's fine because in the state of north carolina you need to be able to know everyone top to bottom because they just kind of vote by name they're not voting by they're they are voting by rd but it's not as deep as you think now in a place like georgia um, Warnock doesn't have this, um, viability, not viability, but he doesn't have this luxury right now to kind mm-hmm. of define himself. He's already been defined because mm-hmm. he got high because he got, um, elected with the entry of the Biden administration. He is inevitably linked to Biden. So mm-hmm. it really matters about what happens with this infrastructure bill. He can run on him. He can run and run well on the mayor's infrastructure bill, how he said that he was going to go up to Washington and make it better for working families in Georgia. But if this bill goes down, especially if these big pieces go down, he's going to have to really fight in a state that's that is just building Republican money right now. They're pissed and they're still angry. They're not. Yeah, they're bringing in a little corn, uh, corn, cornball Herschel Walker and his his son, I'm tired. Um, yep. but yeah, to, but to that point, I, you know, uh, this legislation, both both parts of it, you know, the one that's favored most by progressives and the one that basically has everyone uh, on board, they're framed largely as the Biden agenda. But to your point just now, there are 
candidates on the ground or people running to people trying to to stay in their seat who need that victory who need yeah. that need to be able to point to the scoreboard and say look what we were able to deliver to georgian georgians or whomever like whatever district whatever area that's i think that's an astute observation yeah, yeah absolutely because if you think of, if you look at the the senate race in georgia it wasn't biden who was making all the gains in georgia to push um, Warnock and Ossoff um, over the line. It was the other way around. Mm-hmm. It was oh, wow. absolutely the other way around. These we saw this in Virginia in 2017. Down ballot races was energizing the top ballot races. Yeah, see, and I think that's what got um, that's what uh, fucked up the whole Jamie Harrison. I think run yeah, here um, was oh well, Jamie will make the whole ticket stronger. And then when you saw you saw that Jamie, it was just a it was just a fundraising exercise and if you really didn't see that infrastructure or that support being given to other down ballot races it the trickle down thing don't work it don't work it didn't work for reagan it don't work it don't work economically no. and it don't work i you're right i think um wow I, i'm so happy you again I'm, I'm really super stoked that you brought that up that uh there mm-hmm. are these other down ballot races that is something thank god i did hear on msnbc this weekend as well or that there are so many other races that need to be, we need to get energized for and show up for. Um, yeah. And at the time of this recording, today's the deadline to register to vote for the upcoming November elections here uh, in South Carolina. So hopefully people did that already or check, they st- check their status. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, well, before I, I, I uh, officially sign off, I kind of want to, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, any advice or a call to action, so to speak, an, inf- an informal call of action uh, for people listening, like what you kind of gave us already, like tidbits on what they should, how they should train their focus, but anything, what would you leave listeners with? Oh, I would absolutely leave listeners with um, this call to action to challenge people directly when they say things like, to your earlier point, on MSNBC when people are saying like, oh, but if we lose Manchin, we lose the seats. I'd rather have a Republican in that seat because at least that the power players in DC know how to handle that. Right. And right. that's the whole reason why cinema, like the minute I saw cinema walk into the chamber with those awful boots on, I knew she was <laughs> going to be trouble. And no one in Arizona wants to listen is fine. But the <sighs> thing is, <laughs> the actual point is, is that, you know, she has the power to do that. She has the power yeah. to do that because she's a Democrat. And they're just like, no, we need you because everything's going to be tight. Uh, you have to also know that the midterms are going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be the same thing all over again. Just think about 2014 all over again. This is like, we have to also hold on to the representatives. Don't forget, we have to hold on to the House. Mm. We're talking about the Senate at length, and we should, but we also should be talking about these houses in Florida, in New York, in California, where people are raising ridiculous amounts of money, running out messaging, unchecked, and mm. winning in these mm. districts. Mm. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. it's not just North Carolina being, like, you know, gerrymandered to hell. We're not just talking about that. We're talking about we're not paying attention everywhere. That is what the D-trip is for, but do your own work as well. Talk mm. to your friends in these places and be like, hey, who's running? What's going on? Do you know? Like, you have to understand that it's not just the president. It's not just the Senate. It's also the House, too. Because we'll be exactly where we were in 2015, where we had a Senate that was okay. Like, yeah. this Heidi Heitkamp, Joe mm. Donnelly pl- places. But, like, 
the house wasn't good. We had mm. to fix the house. So just remember to look at the entire chessboard and not just the rook and the queen. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> I couldn't. Nope. That was a mic drop. Okay. <laughs> no. And I, I really, again, I appreciate your perspective, Lexi. It's, it's, I know I use the word super a lot. Y'all <laughs> listeners. I get it. I know. I love it. Um, and I use it a lot. I give it a workout, but it is very important to have a black woman like you in that, in the space that you occupy. I'm so grateful to you for coming on Miked Up the podcast again and just dispensing so much valuable information. You got to come back. Hopefully I'll have a budget uh, <laughs> next time. Maybe I can fly you in somewhere and you'll be in the studio one oh day. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be flown out. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you were like a pundit on, on like a, a Miked Up property or Miked Up show? Please, so I can like turn around that chair. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I, I can bring on some conservative like... <laughs> That you can like, 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 please give me the um what oh what is her name the, um, Ooh. Um, give me the Angela um fantasy I've always wanted I always oh. want to go on CNN and like have like a whole viral moment because I did tell you with my eyebrows oh I would love it I would love it now nah, you're, you're you're so important and thank you so much for just spending time with me and breaking it down for everybody of course. Thank you so much for having me. All I love right. my stuff. I'm a supporter. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Take care. <laughs>